0: are listening to the grace of bel-air sermon podcast grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in jesus christ through discipleship and serving one another for additional information you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com and now we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon you lord amen if you could go to the book of joshua and we're going to be starting on chapter six joshua chapter six and pastor that's amazing that the lord gave you that word just now that isaiah 30 me and my dad this morning that scripture came to our minds and we both decided like oh like i don't know where it would fit but that was amazing so the lord is speaking the lord is speaking i believe that he has something for each and every one of us this morning Wow, that encouraged me so much. There, man, even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, how many know God is still moving? God is still working. Man, I love the stories. I love the testimonies. I love to see things that at the end of hearing the story, at the end of hearing a testimony, you are left saying this had to be God. This could only be God. And today we're going to be speaking of a story that at the end, what you hear happens in this story. And if you know the story of Jericho, the conquest of Jericho, you will be left saying this could only be our God. Only God could have done it. How many here, maybe you're sitting in this place and you look back at all your years of life and you're saying, I'm still alive. It had to be God. Maybe some of you are here today and you're saying, I'm singing songs to Jesus. I used to be angry at God and here I am. It had to be God. Somebody is here this morning that I just want to, oh, I felt this in in the, the Holy Spirit speaking to me. God wants to fill somebody with some joy this morning. God wants to fill you with the joy of your salvation Are you saved? Are you a child of God? Let the joy of your father fill you this morning. And I believe the Lord is going to fill you with joy as we begin to speak on the victory that God has already purchased for us. Amen? Amen. So how many of you here can can relate to to me? And I'll raise my hand too. How many have seen obstacles in your life? You've you've been walking your life and all of a sudden, boom. Boom obstacle that you either have to go through or go around how many of you know that some obstacles can be you know like like in spanish pasajeros like they just come and they go it, it's a it's a, a type of obstacle that that seems small and it's here you deal with it and you move on but how many you know there's all there are other types of obstacles that that can be big obstacles that feel like they don't go away why is, this, why is this in my way? Why, why this feels like I've been dealing with this for, for so long, God? Like, there's an obstacle. And, and whether it may be like a fear of the future, uh, reading statistics and reading just about what's going on in the culture, let me tell you, there's a pervading fear of tomorrow in our society. If you're afraid of tomorrow, let me tell you, like, you're not alone. I think that's why God, the most commanded thing he gave us in the scripture was, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I am with you. Because he knew that that would be an obstacle that people would face. Or maybe it's regret of yesterday. Or maybe it's some kind of stronghold or or thought pattern that seems to not shake. Whatever the obstacle is, and if right now an obstacle is coming to your mind, you don't have to tell me, you don't have to say aloud. out loud, God knows. Whatever is coming to your mind, let me tell you, whatever obstacle or whatever wall it may feel it is, I just want to say this, and you can take this, this is the bumper, I want you to take it with you, it does not stand a chance against our God. It does not stand a chance against our God, and let me tell you, God always let me catch that always will lead his people to triumph he will always lead his people into victory and today we will see that through the story of jericho and we're going to have three takeaways of how we the people of god can learn from this moment in history this is the reason why the israelites would tell this story over and over and over again because it was a reminder of who our god is so this morning, I'm going to pray, and we're going to jump right into it. So pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your presence in this place. I, really, I, just, I just sense your nearness to us this morning, God. Lord, you love your people. You love your people so much. And God, your people, we love you. We love you this morning, God. And Lord, we just pray that you would come, Lord God, that it would not be my opinion, but it would be your word, your truth that flows from me, God. Jesus, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, God, you would take and that it would be you speaking directly to people's hearts this morning. And Lord God, if there's any walls in the room, any obstacles, oh God, things that maybe feel like weights that hold us back, I pray by the end of today, it would be very evident that it has no chance against our God. We love you in your precious name, all God's people say. Amen and amen. If you go to chapter 6, verse 1, we're going to start right there. And it says, now Jericho was shut up from the inside and the outside because of the people of Israel. How many know if you see an army coming to your city, what do you do? You hide, right? You get inside, you lock up all the doors. This was a city that was designed to be a first point of contact from any people that were coming to invade the land. It was a city that was literally designed to hold outsiders out. It was a city that was so impenetrable that it, it was it was going to be a crazy. The only way that somebody could go through this city was if it was going to be a long, rigorous, ugly tooth and nail fight. It would have been terrible. The only way it would have happened, but it was designed to be so impenetrable. So they were all shut up inside. There was a wall between the people of God and the promise that God had given them, this land. And then it begins to say, none went out and none went in. Verse 2, and then the Lord said to Joshua, the leader of the Israelites, and he said, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. How do we know when God tells you he's going to do something, you better believe him? If God tells you something's going to happen, you better believe it's going to happen. One of the things that we, the church, cannot forget is Jesus is coming back. One more time. We don't know the hour. We don't know the day. But let me tell you, Jesus is coming back. He said he would. So when God says he's going to do something, let me tell you, he, we better believe it. He's going to do it. But here in this moment, he, God speaks to Joshua and tells him, look at this city, this obstacle in front of you. Before even the battle begins, before the strategy is even drawn, before they know, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to try to go around and flank them? Or are we going to go this way and we're going to go right, like right through the middle? We're going to, before there was even a strategy, God told Joshua, it's already yours. This city, look at it. Look at this city. I've handed it over to you. It's yours for the taking. And then you get there and, and you can you imagine what Joshua must have felt in that moment? Oh my gosh. All right. Okay, Lord, you said that it's mine. So, so what now? And then he goes on in verse 3 he says, You shall march around the city. All the men of war going around the city once. Thus you shall do for six days. So for six days, I want you to go and get your army, get your people, get the men of valor, and begin to walk around the city. Just begin to walk around it. For six days, do it once. But then it says in verse 4, seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. That's a great detail right there, what kind of trumpets it was. This is something I learned that it was, it just made the story come alive so much more. The people of Israel, they had different types of trumpets for different types of occasions and moments in their history. One of the type of trumpets was the uh, trumpets made out of metal, like the classic trumpets that you would see. Anytime that they would blow that, they were used as a sign of warning. They were used as a sign of drawing attention To wake people up, it was used as a sign of even battle, like going into a conflict. It was what they would blow and what they would shout, or what the the sound that would make. It would tell the people that. But then there was another type of trumpet. It was a trumpet made out of ram's horn, as many of you may know. uh, A shofar is the name of this trumpet, and this trumpet had a very distinct. D- design it, it was for a very distinct moment and it was a trumpet of jubilee how many of you know what jubilee is celebration so god getting his people ready to come into contact with his enemy what does he have him blow at the moment on the seventh day it was a trumpet of victory the first point I want to come across and that we learn takeaway is that we, as the people of God, always fight from a place of victory, not for it. I'm going to repeat that one more time and you believe it. You experience it. We, the people of God, always fight from a place of victory, not for it. And how many know that's totally different? That's totally different. Joshua didn't go into this battle like, man, I hope we win no he said this God gave it to us already and the very trumpet the very strategy of, of victory that God gave them was what celebration of the victory that was to come how many of you guys been in a stadium and, and it's the moment somebody hits a home run or the moment somebody gets that winning touchdown what does the stadium do what happens They go nuts, right? They begin to celebrate. They begin to sing. I love this about uh, us people. Like we naturally, what do we do when something big happens on the field? Right? We celebrate. That's why when we worship, we do this. We can't help it. Because we're singing about a victory that's already ours. Through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. So when we sing, we're coming from a place of victory. When we fight, it's always from a place of victory. And that's where the Israelites were coming from. If you can then go into verse number four, we're going to read this again. And it's like in the second point, it comes from this. It says, seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. And on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times. And then the priests will blow the trumpets. And then verse 5, it says, and when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, you will hear the sound of this trumpet. When you hear the sound of this trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a what shout? A great shout. They will shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down. And the people shall go up, and everyone straight before him. Point number two is that the people of God were giving a game plan. They were giving a game plan. Walk around the city for six days, do six laps, and then on the seventh, you will do seven, and then blow the trumpet, and then it's going to be awesome. The wall's are going to fall. And I just began wondering, is this? what would happen had they stopped on the sixth lap? I saw this illustration one time, and it was like, it was an illustration, I think it was on Instagram, I saw it, but it was pretty much, the message was like, don't give up. And it was this dude, it was was like a picture of this dude excavating, you could see he's come a long way, and then he was looking for treasure, he has his pickaxe, and then at the other side, you can see where the treasure is, but the man, as he was picking the pickaxe, picking the pickaxe, he got this close from breaking ground to see the treasure, but then He's like, man, there's nothing down here. Drops the pickaxe and turns around. How tragic. Am I right? I don't know about you, but if I was one of them soldiers walking around, maybe probably around the fourth day, I'd be like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, like walking around like, what's going on? any right. Anytime now, like, what, what are we going to do? Let me tell you this. Church, let's not stop on the sixth lap. But obedience is always the way to go. And not obedience just halfway. Not obedience just up until here and then I'm a, I, I got it from here. No, obedience all the way to the end. Obedience always is the way to go. And this is the catcher. Even when it makes no sense. Even when it makes no sense. And even if you have to do it silently. Uh, Joshua, in verse 10, you can see Joshua commanded the people, you will not shout or make a voice, your voice heard, neither shall any word go out from your mouth until the day I tell you shout, and then you shout. And that, he told his army of men ready for battle but not say a word for six days? Man. And I just thought about that. I'm like, man. Even if we have to obey silently, maybe your obedience, whatever God's calling you to do, maybe it's not the most exciting thing. But just, I encourage you, do it anyways. Do it anyways. Because God always comes through when we obey what he's called us to do it's when we show up keep showing up and keep moving keep doing what God has called us to do when we see the breakthrough the whole point is to not give up not give up what God has called us to do and you know what as a staff as we were talking about this and as we were talking about the importance of not giving up Because God will honor and bless when his people don't give up and keep pushing forward and keep obeying. You know what we thought about? It was about you guys. Grace. Thank you for being a church that doesn't give up. I'm going to do it again. Thank you for being a church that doesn't give up. But keeps worshiping the Lord. Let me tell you. The amount of people just hearing about who we've been able to bless and support because of your generosity. That's obedience to the Lord. There's kids in an orphanage that are going to have windows, you know. There's people in other countries that are going to be blessed. There's, There's the gospels moving forward. We've seen salvations throughout this whole year and a half, this whole, all the craziness. And you know why? Because you guys stayed steadfast. The Lord uses his people. So grace, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for for being faithful to the Lord and not stopping on the sixth lap. Man, it could have been easy to stop on the sixth lap. but We didn't. And the Lord has brought great blessings because of it. So we can't stop on the sixth lap. In the, the breaking of the walls, the supernatural event of the walls crumbling down. How many know that part, the supernatural part, is always up to God? But the natural part the shout, that's up to us. It's the beautiful relationship between a sovereign and all powerful God co-laboring with his people, us. It's the sovereignty and power working together with our responsibility and our obedience to the Lord. There's great work. And why does God work that way? It's because He's a dad, He's a good father. He wants to work with his children. He wants to see them take possession of what God has given them already. God created Adam to co-labor with him and have dominion over everything. With him. And Christ Jesus came back as the second Adam, says the word of God, to reestablish what was lost at the fall in the garden. Because now you and I are co-heirs with Christ. Jesus being our firstborn, meaning he set the example for us, and us following in his footsteps, learning how to be a co-heir with the Lord. And let me tell you how that, how that works. Jesus did everything that the Father told him, and he said what the Father said. The way we step into our calling and the way that we live as a child of God, let me tell you, the best way is always obedience. Say what he told you to say and do what he's told you to do. And just like that song says, even when I don't feel it, you're working. And even when I don't see it, you're working. He never stops working. Amen, church? He never stops working. (laughs) Number three, if we can go to verse 20. And here's the big moment. Here's the moment. The seventh day arrives. They do the seven laps. And look what happens. It says, So then the people shouted. And the trumpets were blown. And as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout. And then the wall, what did it do? It fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and then they captured the city. God did what he promised. So can you imagine this moment? The moment comes, the shout comes, everybody screams, this is, this procession of worship that comes through, and it starts tumbling down. But something great that I learned while like studying this and things that we talked as a staff was how the walls fell. I always, I always, in, whenever I was a kid and I pictured this story, I always pictured like the trumpet and then somehow the force of the trumpets. You know, the force of the air of people singing. I always thought, just in my head, that the walls caved inward. From the outside in. But archaeologists, after they've studied and they've discovered some things, it looks like the walls actually were blown from the inside out. And actually, it says that it almost, the way they fell on top of each other, created like these ramp-like structures for the people of God to use to get up into the city. All that to say is that only God could have done it. Even if there was a, even a hint of a thought or a doubt, like, oh, well, maybe just the way the sound waves work," No, no. It was only God who could have done it. And not only this, but point number three, God turned the very walls that were keeping them out and when God got involved, he turned them into the very ramps they used to get into the city. To the very ramps they used to get into the city. God can turn our walls and transform them to become our ramps. Let me tell you, nothing, nothing can stop our. That's something that's just been burning in my heart the past few weeks with, with just everything. Man, the enemy wants to silence the church. The enemy wants to make us cower. The enemy wants to make us embarrassed to be Christians or to preach the gospel. The enemy's trying to get us angry so we're not loving. <laughs> that too. Trying to get into our hearts so that there's a root of bitterness in us. Let's not allow a church, but let us be a church that is so in love with Jesus, but also so in love with people, so that all the walls everybody else has, they will come tumbling down as well. The enemy has no chance. He has no chance. The end is already written, church. We win. We win. You know, like a good movie, there's conflict. There's moments like this, right? But what happens when you know the ending of the movie? You might be in that really awesome part where everything seems like it's working great, and you're like, oh, this is great. I know how this is going to end. Or it might be in that part of the movie where it feels like everything's falling apart. Oh, wait, but I've seen this movie. I know how it ends. We know the end. In the end, from the beginning, we know is the victory that Christ Jesus has won for us. Amen, church? Amen. Praise the Lord. So now I begin to wonder as I was preparing for this. I was, I was just talking with a few friends. And I was just like, okay, so like this is an amazing story. I love it. What does this have to do then with me, a Christian? In the 21st century, here in Bel Air, Maryland, in the year 2021, what does that have to do with me? What, how does that apply? And I'm glad you asked. If you, go, if you can go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Second Corinthians chapter 2. And I love this scripture. Second Corinthians chapter 2. There we go. And it says... Oh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in a triumphal procession. What do you guys think of uh, when you hear the word procession? I think like parade. I think like almost, almost like marching, Right? Christ Jesus always leads us in a triumphal procession. How many know the commander of the Lord's army that fought for Israel then is the same God who fights for his people today? How many know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? How many know that we serve a God that is alive, who's not dead, we serve a God that's not silent, but He's active and He's moving and He's getting us ready for His glorious, glorious move upon this planet. So, church, it says, but thanks be to God who always leads us in a triumphal procession. And through us, through us, the church, the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. Your life is like a fragrance in this world. Where maybe people at your circles are like, man, this dude's different. That's okay. That's good. Because they're smelling the fragrance of God and saying, this is different than this world. This is very different than this world. If you can go with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 37, that says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. Who's him? Jesus. Jesus Christ, our Lord. The commander of the Lord's army. The son of God seated at the right hand of the father. For I am sure that neither death, not even life, nor angels, not even rulers, not even the things present, nor the things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, and nothing else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our lord amen amen nothing today whatever obstacle is in front of you whatever may thing may be coming pressing in on your heart and your mind let me tell you nothing nothing can separate you from his love it says those who belong to him, says he holds them in the palm of his hand. And that nothing or no one can snatch him out of his hand. So application one is like, we have the victory in Jesus. All the victory that we celebrate, all the victory that we say is ours, that we get to walk in, and all these things. All the victory that we do, let me tell you, the only reason why we can do any of that is because Jesus won it for us. We couldn't win it for ourselves, that's why he had to come. He saw, our, our, he saw the separation and what we were destined to and he says, I'm coming down to rescue my people. I'm coming. He on that moment of the cross, where he shed his blood and his body was broken. And today, we're actually going to do communion at the end to celebrate this. But the moment that he shed his blood and cried out, "It is finished!" Like a few weeks ago, we preached about this, but it, it really was finished. The victory in that moment was won. In the moment, three days later, when the Lord raised him from the dead, he silenced the mouth of the accuser, he silenced the mouth of death, and of sin, and of the grave. That not even death can separate us now from our God. So today, he is alive, and because he's alive, we are alive. So the victory is in Jesus' name. Number two, don't give up don't throw the church our 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 earthly struggles the things that we're fighting in this place the things that seem so unfair and broken in this world let me tell you in Romans chapter 8 verse 18 the, the Lord says this he said for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing the glory that is to be revealed in us For the creation waits in eager longing for the revealing of the sons and the daughters of God. Even the planet, the earth, it says it's groaning, waiting to see there's us, the church, walk in our calling. It's groaning, it's waiting. And it says like, all those things that come our way, the obstacles, the things that come, the brokenness, the, the suffering, all those things. Let me tell you, God is not intimidated by those things. Even though it feels like it's breaking us, it will never break our God. And when your God is your strong tower and he is your refuge, he is your hiding place, he is your strength that fills you in the morning when it feels like hard to get out of bed, those things in our lives don't intimidate him. And he's greater than even those obstacles in our lives. And then what's keeping you out? What are the things that you feel are disqualifying you? What are the walls? Whether it's a fear or or it's some kind of shame or condemnation. Romans chapter 520, it says something pretty amazing. It says, now the law came to increase the trespass. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that if sin reigned in death, grace might also reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. His grace abounds, church. His grace abounds. He is so full of grace. So if you're in this place this morning... And it's this feeling of just like, I don't want to disappoint him. So it's almost keeping you in the shadows. Let me tell you, you coming to God with that, let me tell you, it's actually you doing exactly what your father wants you to do. You're not disappointing him by coming to him for repentance, for sin. You're actually giving him what he paid for on the cross. He will never meet you with like a backhanded slap and like, what are you doing here again? He will always meet you with his grace that not only will forgive you, but the grace that will transform you. Only grace can transform us. And that's what he's giving us. So, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So, what are your walls? What's keeping you back? What do you you feel is in front of you? Let me tell you again. It stands no chance against the furious love of God. It stands no chance against the amazing grace of God. It stands no chance against the awesome power of God. And it doesn't stand a chance against, catch this, the overwhelming mercy. Of our God. I'd like to invite the band if everybody would stand this moment in this place. Hmm. Jesus died on the cross. For you and for me, Jesus saw everything, everything, every part that's broken about us, past, present, and future. And he still said yes. nothing will surprise God mm. I didn't I didn't do this for a service but feeling my heart right now just everybody could bow your heads in this place right now We as Christians, we can celebrate. We got reason to celebrate. We're about to do it. We're about to take communion together to celebrate and remember what God did for us. So literally you can walk out of this church, this moment, literally free of any guilt and condemnation because of the blood that was spilled on Calvary. He says he is faithful and just to forgive us when we come to him. You don't have to leave here carrying anything, but be free. But before I do that, in a room this size, I just acknowledge the fact that there may be people here who do not follow God. Who There may be people here who, who don't know the Lord, never had a relationship with Jesus, or who maybe have heard about it and family this and that and yeah i've been around it but never actually been your own If you're here and you're like i really don't know god i really don't know him i've I've been around it but i've never know i don't know him and holy spirit right now i pray that you would highlight people who who you want to you're calling home right now if you feel just this knocking on your chest you're saying i want that i want to be able to celebrate this moment with these people I want that joy of the Lord, that celebration of victory. Let me tell you, it's only found in Christ Jesus. In the victory, he's won for us. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you, this moment, you hear the knocking at the door of your heart, please answer the door. That's God. That's God knocking on, the heart, on your heart. Answer the door. That's you. Would you please slip up your hand? Nobody looking. Just me. Just me. Just want to pray. Just want to pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay. We're going to pray this prayer. and That's you. Pray this prayer with us. And in church, let's all pray to, to help them pray. So, Father. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for dying on the cross. For my sin. Thank you for winning the victory. Over everything that can come my way. And just like those walls at Jericho fell. God would you break down my walls. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm yours now. I live for you, Jesus. Help me to walk this life out. In your precious holy name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate what the Lord has done this morning? Amen. Amen.